Hello and welcome back to the GA and Gym podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn and we're here for a new episode. So today is the first in the podcast. Um, we actually have a coach and former player chatting today. Today they've been one or the other before. Um, this is a man who's won two All-Irelands as a player and managed in the county with two different teams. Great success. I'll be honest, this was kind of a selfish episode for me today. I recently read Kevin Walsh's book, Mads Minutes of Movement. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, um, so much so that I had to reach out to Kevin to see if I could pick his brain with some uh, coaching questions. And I think, in like, my opinion, Kevin's book's a must-read for any coaches. In particular, I think S&C coaches that are trying to improve their on-field skills to try and raise their game. I think it's brilliant, and I think this uh, book is a reminder of the level of coaching that we should probably all be striving for if we're working with teams. Kevin also has a brilliant online resource called uh, growcoach.ie. So this is an online uh, coaching resource for coaches at any level, and you can use it to improve your coaching skills and knowledge. I've been using the page now for the past few days, and um, I've spent probably more time on it than I've, uh, I've needed to, um, but it's really good. There's um, some brilliant sections on it, so there's sections on attack, defence, sweepers, breaking blankets, and a lot of other things, but uh, there's videos that are going to break down how to go around coaching um, in these areas. So I think for any coaches out there, definitely check it out, and um, there's options for clubs to buy it. Um, for all your coaches so um, I think it's something you should definitely check out I um, also want to mention that if you aren't already check out my Instagram page Quinn Strength Condition I'm posting up there most days with um, tips workouts sessions programs for GEA players um, so make sure you check it out and if you're not following give it a follow as well I think that's it so without further ado we have Kevin Walsh on the podcast alright so look I think the big thing, like I was telling you on the phone last day, Kevin, that I uh, I really enjoyed the book. I think mostly because you kind of seen both sides of it. You know, you like you, you played at the highest level, but then you've been coaching at it, and you actually, I suppose maybe like there's a lot of players that have went into management now, and they're nearly more just managing, whereas you seem to be really passionate about the coaching side of it. So, did you yeah. kind of have a yeah. like a philosophy on your coaching whenever you started, or did you kind of like find it as you went along? I suppose, Roger, when you look at it, you kind of went in, I suppose, you know, take it as it goes. But I suppose it, my philosophy was there without being on it, I suppose. You know what I mean? Um, and it was, you know, when you start to break things down and maybe learn as you went on. Yeah. The importance of the philosophy would be, you know, taking, taking and making a space, which, which, is, which is a huge thing, I suppose, that a lot of people probably don't coach or look at. Um, I even see the benefits of because you know every every movement you make can apply a different type of pressure and you know that's either making space in attack or taking space in defence I mean if you've got two equally matched teams on ability I think the team bearing a bit of bad luck that I suppose can apply the most pressures uh, effectively will probably win yeah and, uh, you know, regardless of who we think are the most talented players out there or the most skillful people out there, doesn't mean they're the best footballers, you know. And um, because for me, a package, a full package is, 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 is where a good footballer or team player comes in and is consistent. And so, again, you know, we, we see, I suppose, certain people with flashes of brilliance for five and ten minutes and gone for 50 minutes. Yeah. That probably won't make a winning team. So it's about people being consistently. I suppose understanding space uh, and, and being able to apply different pressures. So, like with that, then where do you where do you start like with your coaching of that to try and improve that? 
you know, do you do you kind of work through principles whenever you're when you're coaching, or is it a lot of sit down videos? Like, where do you start with that? Yeah, I suppose it's the start of it is to I suppose to first of all, I suppose first of all it's to gain relationships, and we can talk all we like about you know coming in and driving things heavy, and you know I think it's very important that you gain trust of players and that they see that you value them, and how do you do that? I suppose you 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 get to know them and, and get to know them quickly. And I think, you know, if you can spend an hour or two with every person, every player, to talk to them, get to know them, uh, you know, where do they see themselves at? Where do you see them at? Um, are you approachable? Are you not approachable? All those things, the relationships are huge with, 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 with players uh, to gain trust. And then I suppose, secondly, you actually really need to see where the players are at themselves, where, where you think they're at and what their abilities are, I suppose, where their strengths and weaknesses are. And over time, it's, it's, it's little steps. And again, you are right. If you're lucky enough to have the time or the people around you to have video on playing, it's, you know, for me, it's nine times to one. It's nine times as strong to get your point across visual as it is to be told something. So, yeah. as, as I said in the book, you know, if you can show somebody not tell them you're you're I suppose going to get your message across a lot quicker yeah and they kind of um, they nearly see it for themselves don't they like it makes it makes it sort of transfer a lot easier for them too yeah because look at the end of the day none of us like including myself or, or, or probably yourself pushing we don't like to be challenged too often uh, and it's okay we learn from being challenged and but I suppose we're challenged and we don't, we don't want to hear what we're hearing, yeah. sometimes I suppose the first reaction is to maybe go against it or not, or not take it in or make excuses. And I think when you see the visual, there is no excuses. It is what it is. So, and there's no such a thing as, well, do you remember the time you've done this? You're actually showing what you've done. So, yeah. so there's kind of, uh, and again, that's, that's the beauty of okay, coaches or players that are open-minded um, that will and want to learn and I think it's important to understand that because if your mind is closed and old ways and you're fighting against everything you don't learn and you're, and you're probably not much good to a team in long term so yeah. those things are vital yeah you're a great yeah, Ocean. Did you did you struggle at times you know going back a couple of years ago here trying to change minds of some players that had maybe not got that level of coaching before so were you a bit hesitant to if it changed their game? Yeah, you, you come, of course you come across players. I suppose you see. I suppose we often hear about, you know, to have to be taken out of your comfort zone. You know, and again, that for me is the wrong language because, you know, but if you can put a player into the ugly zone, as put them into it, and that is, you know, but they, again, it's back to the trust I spoke to early on. It's that they know that you're doing it for the for the right reasons yeah. rather than being just being like a dictator because if you are people will fight against you so I think it's important to have them conversations as to why it's important you know that this is this is this is the important part for you why you're strong on the physical side you know you're you're you're, you're strong on we call it the, the the psychological side but if you're not very strong on personal qualities on the team side you know, you've got to break down where you where that player is weak, regardless of whether they want to hear it or not. Yeah. Because this is about a team, not not about an individual player getting ready for, you know, an individual tournament. There's no such thing. It's it's a it's it's a team event, and uh, everybody's got to be challenged. I suppose like that is probably one of the big challenges too is being able to give feedback in the right way. 
you know, without kind of losing players, isn't it? Absolutely. But again, I think it's down to, you know, I always talk about value, attitude and belief. The value comes first. I think it's important that rather than you going heavy-handed saying, well, I'm going to change this guy's attitude, you know, you've got to get to a point where he values what you're saying. Yeah. Also, he values you for being doing these things for the right reasons. And that comes with, again, with, with forming the relationships at the start. So, you know, and then if you can get that person to value what you're saying highly, the attitude will turn with that. Mm. I think that's, that's, what, that's what people have got to understand. It's not about just changing attitudes. The attitude will change on how somebody sees something or how highly they value something. Aye, that makes sense. Aye. So it is, it is kind of a lot of them like interpersonal things initially like you said at the start like you kind of have to like they have to know that you value them and see the kind of long goal before you can start to really implement too much like that's nearly the most important thing from the start isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely it is because again you know like at the end of, at the, end of the day and I know people would love to say well we have a new manager a new coach uh, I think we can win something at the end of the year I, don't, I think that's the wrong thought process I think we need to understand what you know what comes before outcomes, and I think you know that's you know it's hard, it's work rate, and then there's a process built in there. It's going to help the team, uh, and obviously individual KPIs. But that, that process then is is part of that. But that's after your work rate and your heart, and you know the outcome will come out of that. I think it's very important that people understand that the outcome is not coming just because someone new comes in. That yeah. new person has got to has got to get a process in place. It's got to challenge new ideas. Um, you know, challenge people to improve in certain areas, and ultimately make them, make them a stronger, a stronger, um, a stronger person for a stronger team. Yeah. How did you How did you kind of find when you when you first came in at Sligo? Like, was that you know? Did you have much in terms to change there and get your own systems in place? You know, was that initially very challenging for you, or how did you find that to start? You know, I don't find it overly challenging as such. I look at it, to be honest, to be fair, I'd say a lot of what I was doing was probably find, make, as, like building relationships, was building my own relationships as a manager, I suppose, and um, a bit of off the cuff to a degree with my own with my own kind of uh, thought or philosophy in my head, even though I was still trying to work out my own philosophy as such. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so that for me was my first job in 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 a county setup, um, but I was learning as I went along. So I would change a lot of stuff, you know, over over a period of time where, you know, where you say, well, yeah, it says everything after certain periods of time that maybe this worked or that didn't work or little things like that. So, and I suppose when you've got a certain amount of experience after a number of years, um, it's hard to buy that regardless of what people you read in books or what people think or what yeah. they want. Sometimes you can be looking to win. Because you just have you just have the horses, yeah. and they're really really good, and you have numbers, and you have subs. You can afford to lose players. You can afford to have injuries. Uh, you could have thirty players the same standard. So you know, and just because you win there doesn't mean you're a brilliant manager or a brilliant coach. Because you know, there's there's times where just a, a certain group of people may come along that'll win it for you anyway. So yeah. you know, that's 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 we do got to value. I suppose where you've brought the players from, and can you assess what you've improved them on, and how much you've improved them? And that for me is, is the call of, you know, what 
at the end of when you assess yourself that's that's what the, I suppose makes up how much have you actually improved the guys and how much have you got improved the team and how much I suppose have you achieved with the, with the, with the players you've got yeah and I think that's that's, that's the biggest ultimately that's, that's the biggest uh, lear, learning curve and I suppose you know it's kind of the, the grass you are the ceiling you want to hit how do you you know like say if you're going in there a county set up now where there isn't a big tradition in winning and it's kind of hard to base whether another team is improving or not just based off of wins and losses like what sort of other KPAs were you kind of using where you could assess and say I think I've improved things here or you know I haven't like what, what, where would you start with that? To be honest I mean you've got to measure those things and somebody might say well it's very hard to measure and it is but again if you're willing to put the time in the only way you can really really I suppose look at this is over a long period of time not just one match and again, you know, I'd always go over like 18 months, two years. Uh-huh. And you look then at the KPIs, you would, you would call out to people early on. You look back at what they were doing. How much have they come on 12 months' time? How do you know that? Do you know that by looking at matches where they've played in? Yeah. You know, is it their footwork that's improved? Have they understood? Have they started to understand why you shouldn't rush in on somebody to the two of you one coming at you? You know, have they stopped doing that? Have they got cuter understanding space where to move into? Uh, you know, are you now a back that's able to play in front of Mark's space? Not, you know, not be back the old way of standing beside your man all the time when the ball is more than one kick away. All those things. Forwards, you know, understand how to feet cut in the vital areas. You know, back 12 months ago, this guy could be winning. He breaks the ball in the corner forward position, but always out in lane one, lane five. Yeah. Which is which is not as a non-threat. You know, you have to say if you want to really look and say, okay, it was a great kick pass in. He won the ball well. We were actually break it down where the ball was kicked from the centre of the field. Might have been in a more dangerous position than where he ended up actually winning the ball. So it's understanding then that now this guy is actually starting to win the ball in the middle three lanes and now he's always a threat. Yeah. So now he's a better player. So, you know, you've got to look at this on video type of stuff and I suppose look at what he was doing in video and say, well, look at this, is consistently better now. And, and if you can walk away after a number of years and say, well, that player is definitely doing this, these things better on the basis of what you're coaching. You know, you can be happy with yourself whether other people here or not. You can be very happy with yourself that you've actually maybe improved someone like that on, 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 the, on the team. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, you kind of have to answer that honestly, don't you? Like, you, you kind of know yourself, I'm sure, whenever you finish up where you're at, regardless of uh, what anyone says outside of it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And again, look at the, that's suppose that's why you just have to shoot, shoot out. And because at the end of the day, G is an all sport, it's, in particular with people who I suppose don't put much into themselves, there's loads of opinions because then a lot that comes out of um, not understanding where things have changed. And I suppose not, not wanting to understand, or maybe not even giving the time to understand. And I suppose certain people just want to talk and let opinions be allowed. So you've got to, you know, be bigger than that and step, step away from it. And I know. You know, but a certain amount of stuff on social media now, and a certain amount of that is going to come out. You know, regards what it is, and a particular players will not choose to it. Yeah. And that you know, you'd be, you'd be liking people to stay off it a bit, but unfortunately, the way things have changed, it's it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of work with your S and C coaches that you've had, and you know, in, in different setups. What were you know, obviously, other than the obvious kind of strengths numbers, like what was the sort of key metrics that you like to see? Improved, or you saw it actually made a difference in the teams that you were involved with. 
Well, you know, obviously, look at the, 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 the strength side of things, you know, is being worked on all the time. And, and to be fair, people talk about, you know, S&C and, and, and gym and, you know, the lads putting in massive efforts now compared to years ago and stuff like that. But I, I would debate that I mean, on the basis that, you know, even people now for a hobby who are, who are involved in sport are in the, up in the gym three nights a week. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, people talk about this massive sacrifice. I, I don't believe it's a, it's, it's a massive sacrifice people do or talk about. Uh, I think players are, are at this because they want to be at it. Um, you know, it takes a lot of time. But, but so back to your question, like the, the strength of people, the, the, the up body, the core, the understanding, I suppose, of how to stand... Um, you know, lowest power, the bending of the knee, to, to, to have one foot slightly behind the other to give more power that links in with your SNC. I think, I think what's really important here is that it's not just all width, that people can transfer this yeah. to, natural, to natural ability of how you even stand, how you face up to somebody, how you block out all the, 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 the skills that affects the team outcome. Yeah. Not just being strong. You know, I'll ask a question on the, on the strength side of it. You know, who's the better tackler? Is it a 16 stone, really, really strong person who can move his feet and reaches out his arm? Yeah. Or is it a guy that's 12 stone and his feet, his footwork is so good, he's actually got his body in the right position all the time? For me, that, that 12 stone player is going to be a better player. Yeah. So we can overemphasize it at times. But when you go up to the elite level, you know, everybody's got to have a certain amount of, about, about, about the conditioning. I know back in our own time, I suppose, I did kind of learn a few things would be, you know, there's only a certain amount in, I think your background is SNC, right? But there's, there's, there's only a certain amount of speed you can get anybody. And sometimes yeah. you can spend too much time trying to get that maybe 2 or 3% you, you might get if you're lucky, as I suppose compared to all the other things that could be done. So, Probably over time there would be certain times in the earlier where I would certainly have been maybe trying to improve people's speed, which is naturally didn't have that. And to, again, I'm a manager, I'm a distance coach, so you know a lot more about it than, than me. Uh, but just just those things, I think, as a manager, it's important that it's not just the, the SNC and the physio. They're working together. Sometimes the physio wants the person on the table on the on the hundred percent of the time. The SNC guy wants his player. On the on the pitch all the time, is to find that balance as a manager. What what's the right time to let him on the pitch? So yeah. there's loads of stuff that goes on with S and C and and management and 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 other aspects. I'm sure there's probably though a lot of cases where having better awareness of how to create space, you know, without making you quicker, makes you get to the ball in a better position and makes you get quicker. You know, so there's probably a balance of like you said, there's only so much quicker you can get physically, but having the awareness of when they make your run and where they make your run can make you seem a lot faster absolutely and it'll give you the space yeah uh, but also what's important here if you learn the coaching side of things uh, and you spend a lot of time on that you know your feet cuts up front you know at the end of the day change of pace and change of direction is what yeah. gives you the speed to those marker regardless of how fast you are so if you're smart, you know, go left and right at the right times, understanding when they can't see you, that's time to go, you know. And you're also creating space, in, like I said earlier, in the middle three lanes where you can actually do damage. Yeah. So the coaching of that is going to give you a lot, a lot more return than actually if you try to get this guy two or three percent faster. Hundred percent, that coaching is, is far, far more important. So you see, whenever you're writing up a training session, 
for you know an actual team are you writing it up in blocks where you're you're doing small set of games and then you will just highlight you know maybe areas where you think like for example a v-cut could have made be made or are you trying to design drills that are practicing these things you know what what way do you go about trying to get the players to implement it i guess yeah, look, we'd always do drills, drills on that type of type of thing. Particular type of drills are important. The V cuts, everything like that. But at the same time, you know, you will highlight or identify players. Some players are really good at V cuts. Naturally, yeah. you can get them a five or ten percent better, and now they're really good. But there's loads of players out there who've never been given that type of training. So what we would always do would be, you know, over a short period of time, you try to get about three KPIs for every player. Mm-hmm. And like you know, you know where people do warm ups and yeah. you know a lot of people spend a lot and because your time is valuable now, you know that warm up time for me yeah, that fifteen minutes is there if we can use it better than just stretching and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like to give KPIs to players that can work together for that fifteen minutes. We show them, we don't tell them what to do it. We show them what to do, and over a period of time they work hard on that even that fifteen fifteen minutes. And then obviously different nights you have you have different implementation of different skills and you obviously get to a point where you try these out under pressure when you're defended so it's not just you know starting off being defended first that you learn what you're supposed to do uh, and over time starts to stress test so that it, at some point it's coming into a, a game scenario where yeah. you know it has been well stress tested and again there's nothing you know you think it's stress tested you need the experience of games into actually stress testers as was properly so and again that takes time yeah I like that idea with the the three KPIs in the warm up kind of just the way I suppose it gets a bit more use out of the warm up as well rather than just hitting shots or stretching for 10 minutes absolutely and I think you know like I said like you, you know sometimes you see people going on with an hour and three quarters uh, of a session sometimes it's needed but I think if you could you know I suppose plan your time all the minutes you have there an hour 15 hour 20 should do you yeah. and you know that's and again that makes a difference people getting home people you know because all the GA players as you know are all working so yeah. I suppose we have to look at where can we implement I suppose uh, for, for a time scenario and what's the best we can get out of the individuals do you find like in that hour 15 hour 20 you know you like to talk much like and do much coaching or do you try and go through the session and highlight it you know maybe at other times like you know what sort of flow do you would you go with the sessions? Uh, I guess would be a better way of asking it. Maybe. I think what's important again here, like like I said to you about relationships, I think because expectation at times, you know, can devalue what you're trying to do. So, for instance, if we and we do, I would stop, start a lot of stuff, and I would coach a lot of stuff in sessions. But you know, but making people aware as to why you're doing it beforehand. Yeah. And, you know, what the outcomes you'd be expecting to come out is over time. So that, you know, that, that, that they understand that, look at lads, for at least a half an hour here tonight, this could be slow, could be a bit cumbersome, but we're doing a half an hour of coaching. So if you're not involved in some, but you're, you're in a privileged, privileged position because you can actually watch what's going on so you can learn twice yeah. as much. So, but they, you know, they, now that you're dampening the expectations of people won't say, oh, geez, we're standing around here tonight, it was a bit slow. And then the other 40 minutes, whatever it is, that can be revved up. So you're getting in your coaching, you're stopping things up when you need to stop it up. If you're playing matches, I have no qualms in stopping it up if something is, you know, what I would call a, a kind of a, a serious breach. Uh, 
because that's the time that the player will remember. He won't remember that in two, two minutes' time. Yeah. And he also won't want to remember it because he's not put on the spot. Mm-hmm. So again, absolutely, you know, there would be a, a stopping area at times if something was serious enough because people are learning it. The big thing, though, is to dampen that expectation of running mad for, for, for an hour and 15 you know, mm-hmm. going in and having a shower, feeling great about yourself because it was a high-intensity session. Oh, this is a lovely session. But the problem with that is, six months later, it's still the same outcome. Yeah. They haven't learned anything. They've got a little bit fitter, but they actually haven't learned. I think the education of that for the player to understand what you're trying to achieve and then the feedback through the KPIs yeah. during the year. Now you value your player. They see them being valued by you because you give them time individually. And you also give them feedback and showing them where they've improved, improved, and I suppose how they've done it. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that takes time, and you need to be, I suppose, willing to give that time even outside the training sessions. And you may need to make one or two calls to different players every 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 single day. Yeah. And, and just a little bit of a chat will happen that side of training, and all of a sudden, you know, people can see that you value them. And uh, it does take time. Uh, I guess it's trying to get in your head, isn't it? That's that. Uh you're coaching versus just working people out, isn't it? Like, you could get in a state where you're just trying to push people and you work them out and it's great, but like you said, it's actually trying to create a learning process and a system where you can learn throughout the year consistently. That's the challenging thing. Yeah, that's challenging, I suppose. And, and, and you're back to time, machine again. You're back to time, you're back to how you use your resources. You know, can you put a team around you, as in a management team around you, that can take, you know, a certain amount of the stuff. Uh, that there's, you know, that there's good feedback. Feedback is absolutely crucial. And also, what's also crucial is that, that you know, what's called a conduit, if you can get to a point where you've got team leaders that, you know, that the conduit is for both ways. It's not for management down to players. It's for players to come back to management with ideas as well. Yeah. And that's really, really important that, you know, it doesn't mean you do everything that comes back, but we all, we're all, it's a learning day for everybody. So, and people, including players, there's always good ideas there, so let's let's have them out there. Yeah. Um, you know that's that that's that's crucial that there's a conduit there, uh, but there's feedback uh, uh, as often as possible. Yeah. Um, was there any kind of trends in the season this year that you noticed that you thought were were interesting to see, or any maybe things that you would have noticed in coaching this year that you thought was interesting? goalkeepers yeah. uh, coming out the field you know some of that worked some of it didn't uh, regardless how we look at it the game evolves I think we need to be looking further into the future um, you know for, for me it's a no brainer uh, the goalkeeper should be a player an outfield player as well uh, that mentality of change I suppose for the historic supporters and the goalkeepers wearing they you know different jersey, why is he back in his line? You know, that's old style now. Yeah. Um, but 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 the other thing is you just can't let him out and not coach the rest of the team. So if the goalkeeper is that type of player, it's very, very simple. You know, the the goal the goal area is always covered. Just because the goalie means the whole lot the goes the whole lot doesn't go. Yeah. So the were what you, what what we always say, pass and replace so if someone happens to leave an area, someone else will replace that area. Mm-hmm. You know, and the amount of times that a goalkeeper is asked to make a save now because of his own defence isn't yeah. that many, many. So if you go back to 20, 30 years ago, 
the goalkeeper was really the guy that could save the best. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's not asked to make saves much anymore. He's asked to kick the ball out 25 times on average every game. He's asked to put the ball on, 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 on a plate. He's asked to be able to kick short and long. He's asked to be able to kick left and right. He's asked to be able to deal with any high ball that comes in and not mess it up. So, so he's asked to do a lot more than save. So the goalkeeper has changed completely. And now going forward, he's now asked to be an extra player outfield. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. And if you go back 40 years ago, you can't do that, but I can. And you went to seven aside tournaments back in the old days, the goalkeeper played out the field mm-hmm. as an evolving goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. For, for, for a reason. And here we are 40 years later, and people are still talking negatively about, well, why should the goalkeeper be out? He should only be out though if the team are coached properly. So there's a balance here between saying, Oh look, the goalkeeper got caught out. He should never get caught out. He's still just a human being. Yeah. Yeah. If he and if he happens to lose the ball in the field, all other players lose the ball as well. So what? Yeah. But have your team, I suppose, coached well enough that he's actually once he passes a certain point and you're giving him the license to be an outfield player, someone just steps in for for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so look at again, it's 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 evolving. I suppose it's letting your mind go into the ugly zone as we about early on. It might sit comfortable with you. But if you look deep enough into it, into things, there's probably good reasons for it. But then you've got to get that, I suppose, I would say to you, you've got to get it right as a team, not just for one individual. Yeah. So that everybody else knows what's happening when that guy comes out. Yeah, it's just so look, that's one big thing I would notice has been happening. If a team successfully have that, that goalkeeper coached, you have other teams who are trying to totally go out and, and the team aren't coached properly yeah. so you can get hit for it and you've also I suppose other teams who traditionally wouldn't have a blanket defence now every team are starting to have that because you know even some teams are very very slow to, to change over the last 10 years uh, because of I suppose tradition or tradition talk or a bit of Romish type of stuff uh, but you'll see now all teams are starting, are starting to do it automatically yeah. so just that everybody's at that now so what's our next challenge your next challenge is how do you actually break down that defence mm-hmm. and we've, we have it half going at the minute you will have teams uh, like the Dublin Six in a row that time or it was you know they had high class players like Mannion McCaffrey Speed yeah. who inevitably without maybe having to do a whole lot of it these boys were able to pick pockets so now the teams that don't have that talent They've got to develop, you know, like rotation type systems, uh, you know, overloading one side, uh, taking out your inside players who are packed out, now use them as runners. You know, all that type of stuff has got to come into the coaching to get the best out of your team because most teams are now getting smarter and doing stuff, I suppose, that a lot of us were trying to do maybe 10, eight, eight, nine years ago and got a lot of flack for it at the time, which, yeah. which happens. But you know that, that that's what's gone to now. So our next challenge is, is how do you break down that defence? Yeah. Um, uh, and I suppose that's the uh, that's going to be the interesting thing over the next couple of years. Like, and it's you know I think whenever you think about the kind of how much negativity it gets, you do feel like you know how much negativity Gaelic football gets. I mean, as a spectacle, but you do feel like it is going to be. It's big coaching that will solve the problems that people are talking about. You know, it's it's ability for somebody to come in and innovate a new system or a new coaching system to try and break it down. That's really what what it's waiting for, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I suppose, you know, and you mentioned about 
Gaelic in football there and I suppose people maybe saying about how the game has changed and you know but if you look back 30 years ago I mean I've looked at them especially in the COVID because there was awful awful stuff there <laughs> in the end. Yeah. I mean it was it was brutal type of stuff like so I think our perception is probably worse than reality yeah. plus and I think that you know it's incumbent on our main I've said this in the book I've said it everywhere else uh, it's incumbent that we get the right people in the right areas uh, uh, I suppose to educate I suppose people are not really involved in the game that much as to why people are going to surrender you're just you're just rubbishy out analysis and firing out a few stats but people should be on the airways you know explaining what people are doing because they can read what they're doing yeah. so <clears throat> so again that would be brilliant for the game of football because people would start looking at it and saying oh yeah I can see what happened here yeah right. because as it is we're driving the wrong perception really when you break it down and I think if you were to put two matches one for now and one for back in the 80s yeah I'm picking the don't get me wrong but the 80s but you probably see that today's game was probably even better and that's a you know I I think as well like if you if you had someone that was highlighting what was actually happening like you say at a much more deeper level you would have a lot more of an appreciation for it it's like like soccer is a very slow game you know there's one two goals in a game but it's so well analysed and people appreciate it so much more but it's it's just as exciting or boring no matter whatever way you want to look at it and Gaelic's the same but it just gets a very different type of analysis at times like yeah look at we, we just, again you, you go back to the dinosaurs that's just too long there and, yeah. and, and again the other question you ask on the, the top channels the RTEs and uh, the skies you know is it a is it a football show or is it a a show where it's for entertainment and loose yeah. tongue talk and you know repetitive stuff without any facts or any proper mm. fact or proper know-how you know do, you know for, for the GA this is something I think the GA needs to look at themselves in the, in the core part is how can they drive with what's the best way to drive the education of where the game has gone to yeah you know, and I don't see that happening anytime soon because I think it's too much of an entertainment show with, with, with one-liners that don't make any sense and people are having a good laugh. So look at it, all depends how you look at it, you know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Kevin, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I appreciate it's late. Um, so here, I um, appreciate the time and I've got a I've got a whole page here in notes. So um, uh, I appreciate it and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll link all uh, the information about the book and the website. We didn't even really get much chance to talk about the website. Um do you maybe kind of want to just sort of give a, a quick kind of one minute lowdown on the on the website and kind of what what you like to do with that? Because I think it looks um it looks like a brilliant resource for coaches. You you didn't get it to yet, did you? No, I've just been looking at it, so I just need to actually get it get it set up now, really. Yeah, that's not a problem. Look at what I what I can do for you anyway. As I said to you, I can try and get you one of those um, licenses, maybe you know. Uh huh. Yeah, that'll no, be brilliant. <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Sorry, sorry, what did you ask me there again? Um, just to suppose, okay. just to give a wee lowdown on the website, and you know, if you were describing it to someone, how would you, how would you describe it? I suppose. Look, it's 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 a website, I suppose, that has it's a show me, don't tell me website. It's mm. uh, it's uh, little videos between thirty seconds and two or four minutes. Uh, I suppose sh- showing what we feel can work, showing it how to coach it. And then showing, I suppose, the the benefits of it in re, in re, re game time. Yeah. Um. So so, 
deals in a lot of making space, taking space. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff, 79-1, like I spoke on the book. A lot of the stuff that's in it is really I suppose, based on how can you actually affect the game at all, at all stages during the game, even though you're on the, the ball only less than a minute. Yeah. Uh, that's a far bigger game for, for your team team in that. But, you know, that's it's it's that's really, you know, in a, in a nutshell, I suppose, it's just... It's uh, it's that bit that bit different um, rather than just drills and running from cone to cone and ball to ball. I think it's just important the other side of the game is looked at, yeah. and uh, that's that's what we try to do. And again, it's called grow coach because we'd be hoping the stuff that's in it will actually grow coach. So if you're internally in your club and your club decides to buy that license and you get ten licenses for, for for whatever it is, that you can actually start developing your own coaches yeah. at a young age so that in a few years' time. You're not bringing in coaches and yeah. paying a certain amount of money for the year, and actually, when your coach walks away, your your club is no better because yeah. you don't have that system of coaching coming through. So that's our big thing is, is really to is really for coaches to to to, to upskill coaches, yeah. and uh, you know that, that that's really it. I know. I think it's a I think it's a brilliant resource. I'll, like I, I don't think I've seen it anywhere else. So it's brilliant that it's actually there and available for coaches. So. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in there over the next while um, with some of the teams up here as well. So, here again, thanks very much for your time, Kevin. I appreciate it. Um, and um, I'll stay in touch anyway, and um, hopefully we'll get chatting again soon. Yeah, 